Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Bucks brought to you by BrewHoop.com. The Bucks play a game today, which is exciting. Uh, we are attempting to record this while World Series Game 7 comes back from a rain delay. We thought we were going to be smart enough and quick enough to uh, fit this in during the rain delay, but... We obviously aren't. So if you hear any squealing at any point, um, I apologize. Uh, because Wait, who are you? Who would you be squealing for? Indians. Okay, I, I'm I'm rooting for the Cubs purely out of spite uh, towards Cavs fans. <laughs> that that's a really good reason. Which is weird. Which is also kind of weird because I actually I was rooting for the Cavs at the end of the finals. I kind of went back and forth. Um, like I had, I thought there were was a, were good reasons to dislike both teams or to root against <laughs> both teams, and really then over the summer, like the Cavs fans just going crazy with the you know Golden State blow three one lead stuff, that on its own sort of has made me like you know what, screw the Indians, the fact that they were up three <laughs> one, I now want to see yeah. Karma come back and and bite them in the ass. Um, not that I really care because who likes Cubs fans, but um, so we forgot to mention I'm Eric Name. You just heard Frank Madden. This is Locked on Bucks, your daily source for Bucks discussion. And today we're brought to you by SeatGeek, our wonderful sponsors. Go ahead, download their app. Use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks to get $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Um, so go ahead and do that today. But we're going to break down Bucks Pacers. And the Pacers are a team the Bucks have played twice already in the fake season uh, during the uh, during the preseason, once in Evansville, Indiana, and once at home. Uh, so a team that they've seen a couple times, Not again, not in real basketball, but still in, in a different type of basketball. You'll remember in that final preseason game, they played their starters at a time that I didn't think was so great. Frank didn't have a big problem with it, but they pulled out that one, 111 to 103. Um, and the Pacers this year have struggled a little bit uh in the regular season here and maybe frank and i are looking smart for our uh prediction about the pacers maybe regressing a little bit and not being quite as good uh as some other people would see uh but i still think a good game to measure the bucks and kind of where they're at yeah for sure i think uh i mean you know certainly the pacers are a team they won uh, what forty-five games last year, uh, and and obviously had ambitions of of trying to 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 move up, making a bunch of of changes. I think our our question really was, uh, you you're the third ranked defense last year, the twenty fifth ranked offense. Larry Bird shakes things up. You swap George Hill for Jeff Teague. You swap effectively, you know, Thad Young uh, and Al Jefferson for Jan Mahimi. Uh, and obviously those moves are all going to tend to push you towards a more offensive style of basketball. And, you know, so far very early going, but they are 
you know, playing at a, a fast pace, ninth in the league, despite Nate McMillan not playing that way when he was the coach uh, in Portland. But they're 11th in offense, so they've improved greatly there, at least in the very early going. And the problem, though, is kind of what we were questioning was, was are they going to give away way too much on the defensive end to have you know any improvement in offense be worth it? And they're 21st in defense right now. So uh, an interesting team, you know, certainly a talented team, a team that, you know, I'd say most people would say certainly has has grander ambitions than the Bucks at least this season with with Chris Middleton out, uh, and I think those for that reason and and obviously that both teams are two and two. Uh, I think the other thing too is is you know the fact that you've got Paul George. Uh, I think always an interesting matchup for the Bucks in particular against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis coming in with you know a, a monster stat line that we've quoted a lot uh, <laughs> on our site and on Twitter uh, over twenty three points. Uh, over nine rebounds, uh, almost six assists, and two blocks per game thus far. He's true shooting is at fifty-seven percent. He's leading the team in in net rating, um, plus three point four. They are uh, getting outscored by twenty-nine points per one hundred. We when he is on the bench. So oh, oh. this team is you know pretty good when he's on the court, and you know a D league team basically when he's off the court and in a relatively small sample so far. So uh, we'll see how those numbers evolve. Obviously expect to to moderate maybe a a bit, but certainly he's doing pretty much everything you could ask for right now. And uh, he'll have a a chance to prove that he can do it against a very good team and in, well, not a very good team, a very good player in Paul George. Um, And I say that as uh, the Cubs are uh, scoring runs in the world series. So if, if we (laughs) sound at all distracted um, it's for that reason. Um, I guess what say it, you? I I love watching Paul George play, and I know it was just a preseason game uh, when they were here for the preseason finale. But he's just so good, um, and I just really enjoy watching him play the game of basketball. So one, I look forward to watching him play tonight. Uh, but two, you you make a, a great point. He's he's one of those guys that's on not the first level of stars, but probably the second level of stars in this league. And uh, I think that's a a place Giannis aspires to be, if not higher onto that first level of star. And it's always an interesting matchup when you get to see those two on the same floor. So uh, that'll be interesting. But yeah, this, this Pacers team, could you imagine what, what Frank Vogel would have thought with some of these scores uh, (laughs) that they've had, they give up, 121 to the Mavs. They win 130 to 121. They give up 103 to the Nets and lose. They give up 118 to the Bulls and lose. And then they beat the Lakers, but they give up 108. And it, it is a different Pacers team. Um, if you're if you're imagining the grinded out, let's play some defense. Uh, the team that you saw last year, well, that that team is not here and. Frank Vogel ain't walking through that door. Uh, so they're going to continue to kind of push the pace. And I think it was something you tweeted out about how the Bucks have this strange thing going that when they – oh, you can try to explain it. When basically the more points they've given up, the better their point differential has been. This is – so let's be clear. This phenomenon will not hold, hold up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, off the top of my head – they gave up 113 points against the Pelicans, and they won by four. They gave up 108 points against the Nets, and they won by two. They gave up, uh, what was it, uh, 106 or something against the Hornets, and they lost by 
was it nine or eleven or something like that? It's one hundred seven. One hundred seven. Yeah, lost by eleven. Okay, and then they gave up their fewest points, ninety eight, against the Pistons, <laughs> and they lost by. They had their worst <laughs> margin of of uh, of defeat, which was fifteen. So a very strange um, dynamic. But I think well, the way you make sense of it is you look at those scoring numbers, and those are also aligning to the pace numbers that we're seeing in those games. And the pace was fastest in the Pelicans game. It was second fastest in the uh, Nets game, third fastest in the opener against the Hornets, and it was the slowest against the Pistons. And, you know, I, don't, I think we've talked t- tons about pace and tempo and all that and how, you know, pace is maybe not the, the, the perfect proxy for the tempo a team is playing at, but uh, I think this does offer us some some early indications, at least, that, you know, even if the Bucks aren't a phenomenal offensive team, they are a team that is only going to look good offensively when they're playing with tempo and they're playing at a faster pace. And obviously that's when uh, the scores are, are going to tend to run higher. So I think that's the main phenomenon that we're seeing here. And obviously we'll see how, how it lasts. And, you know, obviously it would be a, another good reason for the Bucks to, to try to continue to play a bit faster. Um, but I think that's what we're seeing. And, and certainly with this Indiana team playing at a, at a faster pace, um, you know, that maybe gives you a little bit more, uh, reason for optimism that obviously even if uh, they're maybe not as good a team as the Pacers that uh, their style could uh, could come back to to be a positive and um, you know certainly something to watch out for I'm sure everybody was going to be looking for for tempo and how quickly the Bucks are getting to offense anyway but you know what else people will be looking for when it comes to this Bucks team is great tickets and the best place to get those is obviously at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the basketball games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the arena for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. And it's really as simple as just getting the SeatGeek app on your phone. So go ahead, download that right now, but it's it's so incredibly easy. You go to the SeatGeek app, and you get to see exactly what you're looking for. You get to see the prices. You get to see where your seat is. You get to see the view of the game from where your seat will be. It just the, the app has everything that you need. And the best part of it is that's all stuff that has nothing to do with the price you're going to get for the ticket. But you're going to get the best price. You're going to get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. So you don't have to go to all these different websites. They'll do it for you and put it all on the app. And then, like I said, it's easy to see if you're getting the most bang for your buck. They they grade the seats. So you have the big green dots. You have uh, the lighter yellow dots. You have some red dots. And you know what? At the Bradley Center this year, there's probably going to be a lot of green dots. Uh, so all you have to do is go to the SeatGeek app, and you're going to find great tickets, great deals for pretty much every single Bucks game this season. And the nice thing with SeatGeek is every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So to get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, click Add a Promo Code, Enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S, that's L-O-Bucks, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks today. And it was interesting. I actually was looking. Uh, it was a great uh, podcast. Uh, we've we've talked to Locked on NBA podcast before. It's not just because we are part of 
the phenomenal Locked On Network. Um, but his podcast with Kevin Pelton a few weeks ago was great, and he had another really good one. Uh, I just listened to it; just came out this week with John Schumann of NBA.com. Oh, I saw it. I haven't got to it yet. Yeah, and it's it's really good. Um, and and it's just again, it, it, they talk a lot about just trends and things that you may not have thought about. Um, but will make you a smarter NBA fan. And, you know, one of the things, I mean, a lot of it's intuitive. One of the things they talked about was um, how, you know, teams invariably are more efficient from a sh- shooting standpoint the earlier in, in the clock you go. Um, and, and it makes sense, especially at the front end where, you know, you got uh, putbacks and you've got fast break baskets that you know, at the very early clock mm-hmm. you'd have a much higher efficiency. And it makes sense that in the very end of a clock that you'd have more efficiency but it pretty much holds up holds up throughout the entire shot clock and that's another reason why of course teams should be trying to to get into their sets early because you get more chances to you know try to get a good shot and and not get into those high pressure situations late as as you described yesterday eric so um so and and ironically i i was looking up to see some stats on that and um of course this the second thing that came up was something that uh our very own Bucks director of basketball research, Seth Partnow, wrote at Nylon Calculus a year ago, um, and it was about that very topic. And you know, interestingly, Marcus Johnson alluded to the flip side of that uh, when we saw the Bucks pressing. Uh, Marcus alluded to the idea that you know, I think he, I think he said right that Seth had had told him that yeah, I mean, if you can delay the offense getting in their set by a couple seconds, um, that's going to help you forced you know more misses because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be working later in the shot clock and obviously the same is true uh, on the reverse side the earlier you get into your sets the better so i think that'll be certainly something we'll, we'll keep an eye on and I, you know one thing I'd, I'd add on the pelicans game i think the art with the bucks if you're defending the bucks the art with the bucks is how do you pressure them on the perimeter you know so that they're not being able to move the ball easily and they're not going to be able to get that side to side movement but also hang off certain guys like Jabari and Giannis to try to force them to, to take jump shots. And it's sort of a, a difficult thing. I mean, a lot of people might ha- have noticed that, you know, the Bucks don't under screens, really, even against bad shooters. I think a lot of it is because like, they put an emphasis on ball pressure and, and trying to, you know, make like difficult on, on ball handlers. Um, and a team like the Pelicans maybe tried to get a little cuter with it with a team like the Bucks because you see that these guys, you know, are great at attacking the rim and can't shoot that well. Well, the problem is if you're not really pressuring on the perimeter as a result of that, um, it becomes a lot easier to run offense. And and I think that's one of those things that, I mean, I, it's very difficult to see it. So I'm, I'm just saying this based on feel a lot of it. But yeah, uh, but I think it is kind of an interesting thing because everybody notices it, you know, and it happens a lot in fourth quarters. Teams ratchet up their defensive pressure on the perimeter. Um, it, it is interesting. I mean, you know, sometimes it just seems like defenses are just much more in your face and it's just a lot harder to get into your sets, a lot harder to run your actions. Um, and other times it just seems a lot easier. And, and, you know, the Bucks are kind of a weird team because on the one hand, you know, you, you obviously don't want to just let Giannis do whatever he wants and get ahead of steam. But on the flip side, um, you know, Giannis and Jabbar, you, you also don't want to give them ample room to, to drive around you. So interesting thing to watch for just how defenses are, are kind of, balancing balancing those things and 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 how the bucks react yeah and you're right in saying that it is tough too because i i kind of think back to that charlotte game where batum kept the ball out of Giannis's hands and was really pressuring him even in the half court i mean he was out to i mean pretty much the half court line either denying Giannis or pressuring Giannis, and 
I wouldn't say Giannis was able to take a huge advantage of it off the dribble, but a lot of times he was just smart enough to let someone else kind of handle the ball and then get a back cut or get to the basket. And obviously he still put up what 31, 32 in that game. So it, it like, it's a delicate balance and it's just going to be interesting to see how teams attack the idea that, all right, their two main guys can't shoot. So we should go under everything, but one of their main guys is Giannis, who's a great passer. And if we don't pressure him, then they can get into their offense a little bit easier. And obviously they've planned for teams to go under screens and do those different things. So the Bucks kind of have at least a, a thought for how to kind of work around that. So um, it, it's just going to be interesting to watch. And I guess with pace, you when you watch the Bucks play at a higher pace, uh, obviously it makes you – I mean, it just makes you happy because uh, seeing Giannis and Jabari get out and run is a good thing. But uh, if teams want to keep pushing the pace, you would hope that the Bucks would kind of go step for step with them and try to do the same thing because it, it just looks much easier for this team when they have that uh, when they have that pace going and easier in the half court. Like we've said a bunch of times, uh, you get more time to run the offense, you're going to do uh, better things. So uh, I guess. Looking at this Pacers game specifically, any other things that you're going to be on the lookout for, Frank? Well, I think one reason why, even if you don't love uh, the Pacers moves in the summer, I think the other big thing that you can look at and, and, and really like is what you know we've seen from from Miles Turner. Um, and you know he was a guy, every year there's kind of a guy who's probably not going to be in the Bucks range mm-hmm. um, who I just become obsessed with and, you know, kind of like dream up like, oh, maybe they could trade up for him. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of like who guys like that have been over the years. I think Turner was definitely that guy um, in, in that draft. And so, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure I thought he was going to be this good this quick, but uh, he was a phenomenal recruit out of Texas. Uh, didn't really do that much at Texas, was sharing the the front court with uh oh god who there's that really huge guy i forget his name um at texas and maybe didn't ever kind of shine the way you know he could have uh, at texas but you know had pedigree as a shooter uh was a great shot blocker in college and basically just sort of like his biggest knock was that he he didn't run well (laughs) um but he's not a bad athlete by any stretch he's super long uh, as we said a great shot blocker and he's been showing kind of the full arsenal so far for uh for the pacers so you know certainly i think pacer fans uh, even if the record maybe isn't, you know, or, or they don't look like they're, you know, a 51 team or something like that this year. The fact that, you know, you still have Paul George for now, at least, um, which I think will be interesting to see long term if, if, if that becomes a risk of him leaving uh, what happens with that. But but Paul George, obviously a, a potential you know, future all star. So I'm going to be curious to watch him play. And um, it'll be interesting to see how the Bucks approach that. Um, you know, as we've said, Greg Monroe has actually been um, quite good. Uh, for the Bucks, even though he's not scoring a whole lot. Um, I think Miles Turner had, we were joking when, at the last preseason podcast, how it seemed like Miles Turner rejected Monroe like a bunch of times, but I think he only had two. But uh, Turner looked very good in the preseason against the Bucks, and um, you know certainly he's a he's a key guy to you know to watch and certainly with the Bucks issues at center it'll be interesting to see how that works out we'll see if a uh, closer John Henson can can maybe fare better against Miles Turner yeah I was gonna say 16 9 and two blocks for Turner in that preseason game and he 
that the big man rotation again has been a fascination, maybe borderline obsession with me for uh, most of the summer and as we've started this season. Um, so it, I'm just very curious who they try to put on him, who gets the most minutes in that in that three man grouping, and kind of I guess maybe who's a good solution or answer uh, for Miles Turner, which seems insane to say as he's only a second year player and the Bucks have veterans or veteran-ish guys that shouldn't be looking for answers against him, but uh, he does seem to bother them greatly. So we'll take a look at that. Uh, Monte Ellis in the the two preseason games, uh, I guess one problem the Bucks have had this year is with both Del Vadova and Brogdon, their foot quickness isn't the best, um, to put it kindly uh so there's been a lot of times where teams will get ready for a pick and roll and then at the last second either flip that screen so instead of setting on the right of a defender they'll set it on the left real quick and bucks defenders delhi's really struggled forcing guys into a pick and roll and i know sometimes we talk about very uh general defensive concepts but the idea of icing a pick and roll and forcing it to the sideline. Uh, Delvadova really struggled against that in the opener against Kemba Walker, and he struggled against it uh, against other guys. And, I mean, we've seen Ish Smith get loose. We've seen uh, Tim Frazier get loose. So just generally quick guys have gotten loose against the Bucks guards. And Monte Ellis, though getting up in age, is one of those guys. Jeff Teague can be a guy like that at times as well. Uh, so defending the point guards or guards or whatever you want to call what Jeff Tigamonte Ellis are for this team. Um, <laughs> trying to guard them and keep them out of the lane is, I mean, every time we bring up the Bucks giving up a massive amount of three pointers, I always kind of with, well, it might not be a three point problem though. That is a big problem. It's a just rampant, <laughs> rampant. They just let people in the lane all the time. <laughs> any guard can get into the lane just about any time. Uh, so shoring that up, it'll be a good test for the Bucks to have both Jeff Teague and Monte Alice, two guys that can get in the lane and penetrate and kick and uh, do some things there. It, it'll be a good test for the Bucks. Yeah, and if the Bucks want to respond by uh, keeping their own, uh, maybe replicating their own uh, trigger-happiness from the uh, Pelicans game from three, uh, the Pacers are uh, dead last in three-pointers allowed uh, in terms of attempts, and they're 29th in three-pointers uh, allowed from a makes standpoint. So they have given up a ton of threes. Um, you know, again, I don't know if that's something about their defense. That they're, you know, they're, they're, they're maybe if they're playing somebody like the Bucks or they're helping a lot, I don't know. But um, but they are allowing a lot. On the flip side, they're 11th in uh, three-point makes. Uh, 14th in attempts or up slightly in terms of makes down slightly in terms of attempts compared to last year and uh, certainly not being helped by Jeff Teague. Uh, he's due to have some good games because he's been uh, miserable shooting the ball so far. Uh, he's shooting only 22% from the field, um, 6.7% from the three point range. Oh. Um, while George Hill is uh, playing great for the Utah Jazz. So uh, our preference for, uh, George Hill over <laughs> Jeff Teague will probably never look more right than it does right now. I don't think uh, I still think George Hill's a better player, but um, he's not this much better of a player. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, it's how the that small evolves. victories, Frank. It's the small victories. You got to take them. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm also kind of curious too. I mean, the the uh, 
you know, when you look at how teams play, you know, the the Pistons had sort of like the interchangeable small ball three four combo with with Marcus Morris and Tobias, and obviously the Bucks mm-hmm. struggled to really get going there, despite the fact that Andre Drummond really isn't a great rim protector. Uh, on the flip side, last game, uh, the you know Pelicans obviously went kind of small uh, with AD playing center to start, and uh, you know having uh, you know basically a kind of a smaller uh, combo uh, at at the three four spots, and obviously the Bucks scored a ton of points. So I'm I'm curious, you know, Thad Young and and Paul George. Obviously George is a, a great defender. Thad um, maybe not so much. I don't know if Thad's terrible, but uh, but we'll be interesting to see if uh, if the Bucks can try to get maybe Jabari going against Thad. Um, I imagine that'll be the matchup, but uh, we'll definitely be interesting to see. Uh, any other thoughts uh, before we get back to the end of this baseball game, which which may actually be be finally grinding to an end, <laughs> at, at long last. Um, I don't really think so. Uh, the the Pacers bench kind of intrigues me because it's not great. Um, so I don't... CJ miles, CJ miles is shooting 54% from three though. And you know, that'll go up to about 70% against the bucks. <laughs> he is a noted bucks killer. There is, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I guess the Al Jefferson, Greg Monroe matchup is always interesting. Um, so yeah, it, it'll, I guess you just kind of have to see with this bucks team. It's a, uh, it's a different, it's a somewhat different team pretty much every night thus far in these four games. So uh, see what Bucks team shows up on Thursday. Yeah, hopefully we'll have the good Bucks, And uh, if the Bucks can scratch out a win, I mean, uh, you know, to be at three and two at this stage of the season, given the amount of um, heartache uh, that we've heard over the past couple of weeks would uh, would certainly be a pretty good result. Um, you know, um, I, I haven't heard uh, calls for tanking just yet. So that's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that makes it a little more fun to cover the team. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we'll leave it there. We'll be back after the game uh tomorrow night against the pacers in the meantime if you have any interest in seeing that pacers game uh be sure to drop uh drop everything you're doing except your phone go download the SeatGeek app use our promo code l-o-b-u-c-k-s get your 20 dollars rebate on your first purchase and uh get some some great seats at uh, what is surely a, a discounted price for a thursday night game uh, against the pacers until then we'll talk to you guys soon it's frank that was eric We'll talk to you again tomorrow.